Good morning, RLC family and friends. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for connecting. I'm sorry I couldn't be here, but um, we are determined to have God have way what goes on. And just for an explanation, so you're informed, last week uh, I was exposed to somebody who found out they were uh, COVID positive. And uh, Debbie and I went to get a, a check uh, the test. Debbie is negative, uh, but I found out I was positive. And so the great team that's here at RLC immediately began to consider how we could do what God has for us to do without letting the enemy get any advantage, without letting him uh, hinder anything that God has for us to do, because we know he's defeated. So we want to walk in the victory that God has for us, and that's why we're doing what we're doing today. Uh, this is the first time for this. Uh, yes, we've recorded before, uh, but we've never recorded and shown the recording on Sunday morning of me uh, live in the sanctuary and then uh, also live stream. So we're going to do this. It's going to be great. We're trusting God to have his way and know that when God does, there is life, there is health, there is peace, there is strength, there is hope, there is joy. And, and there's victory. So we thank God for the victory today that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. Also, for those of you that have the app and uh, received the notification, we also last week on Sunday, last Sunday, we had two people that later on uh, found that they tested positive for COVID. So uh, we continue to do the best we can to try and keep everyone safe. Uh, but you know, things happen, and so I'm really encouraging you to monitor yourselves, uh, see if there's anything. We're not expecting anything, uh, but anyways, um, we just wanted to inform you of that, and if you don't have the church app, uh, please, this is one of the ways we can quickly uh, get information out to you that's pertinent and important. We're not going to overload you with just any kind of information, um, but anyways, uh, I'm kind of going on, uh, but I just want to assure you that today... Um, I'm here. John Hussey is here. We have both been doubled masks. I have been wearing gloves. I haven't touched anything except in my office. Uh, when we get done with this, we're going to fog everything, wipe down everything so everything is sterilized and clean. Uh, we want to do our best. And so uh, that's, that's where we are. But we, we really felt that God wanted to encourage you today encourage all of us today and, and reveal some more about seeing truly. We've, we've been talking about this because it is so important. We, we don't always see things as clearly as we think we do. You know, when, when God gave Israel the manna, uh, they saw it, but they didn't understand it. That's why they called it manna, because the word manna means, what is it? You know, if we were honest, we would say that a lot more than we really think we, we should. But uh, we, don't, we don't always know what things are. Um, we even have sayings. You know, one of them is, uh, there's more to it than meets the eye, which is absolutely true. We found out in Isaiah 40, verse 20, it says, you've seen many things, but you do not observe or apprehend their true meaning. 
I know it's hard for us to accept that because we think we see things clearly. We think we know and understand what the, the whole scope of the picture is, but we never have the whole scope. We only see in part. That's what we learned from 1 Corinthians 13, uh, that we see in part. We see dimly. We see like uh, through a fog. And so that's where you know, we, we may not even realize it. Sometimes we're unaware of what's going on. But God's never unaware. In 1 Samuel 16, God sees completely differently than we do. And it says this, For the Lord does not see as man sees, for the Lord looks at the for man looks at the outward appearance. Well, that's all we can look at. No one, no one can look deeper than that. We may project, we may uh, presume, uh, we know what's the motivation behind things, but we don't. All we see is an action, and we have to be very careful that we don't attach a reason to it that just comes out of us but doesn't come out of truth. But it goes on to say, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, God sees all the way through uh, to the very core of what's going on. There's in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, in the ERV translation, these are all scriptures that we've looked at, and so I'm quickly sharing them with you. Uh, for anybody that hasn't heard and, and is, wants to, we want to get them up to speed. It says this, nothing in all the world. I'm just going to pause right there because I think it's important that we realize the scope and the magnitude and the grandeur of what's being said. Nothing in all the world can be hidden from God. What a statement. Uh, he can clearly see all things. Everything is open before him. And so everything is open before him. And that's where we need to realize that as much as we have lived our lives the way we have and depended on, on God, the, the, depended on ourselves the way we have, we're getting partial information. God never deals in partial information. He knows the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And as much as we want to believe that we, we operate in the same level, uh, it would be truly ridiculous for us to even consider that we can see the way God sees. We understand the way God understands. And it is, it's a liability for us, but we were created that way because of God's desire for a relationship that we would turn to him and trust in him, rely on him and not on ourselves. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with your whole heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all ways, Acknowledge him, seek him out, look for him, listen for him, and he will direct your steps. I don't know about you, but for me in these days, it's real easy to take a misstep. I, I, there are things that I think are the best choice, and they don't turn out that way. As much as I absolutely were completely convinced, and that's where in Proverbs in two places it says, there's a way that seems right unto man, whose end is the way of death. Uh, we get tripped up, we get ensnared, we, we get detoured, uh, we get damaged because we make choices that are not with God's guidance. And, and it's truly so important for us to have that because uh, one that's uh, one of the scriptures that's not up on the screen, but we did share previously is Psalm 32, verse 8, which it says, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you will go. Uh, the, one of the other translations says, in the best path for your life. And I will, will guide you with my eye. We 
need to be guided by God. Without that, we fall prey to the enemy's traps and ensnarements and uh, deception. Uh, God is never deceived because he can see everything. But this morning, we're going to go on. We're going to look at, at how this, how is this possible? How, how can we possibly expect to see things truly? Well, we know that God's the only one. But we're going to go to a prayer in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul prayed uh, for the Ephesians, but it's really for all of us. And we're going to look at that today. But before we do, I just want to pray. So if you'd bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you. that It is so wonderful to know that you are never apart from anyone. And Father, many times we don't recognize you. Before we came to faith in Christ, uh, we probably didn't give much thought to you until we were in serious trouble. But Father, uh, we, we thank you that not only are you everywhere, but Father, for us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, you've done something absolutely almost mind-boggling. And over the top, you have come to live in us by your spirit. And so, Father, we're, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that there's nothing that can separate us from you. Romans chapter 8, you, you, your word says all these things cannot separate us. So, Father, we have access. We have you available to us everywhere in everything. And you can govern us and guide us and guard us far better than we can. So, Father, today, I thank you. I thank you for the bride of Christ, the church, the body of Christ, your beloved, that you allow me the privilege to address. But, Father, I thank you that they hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. I thank you that I'm going to share a lot of things, but, Father, I pray today that every person that's listening or watching, that there would be a real illumination by the Holy Spirit. They, they would become very aware. Each one of us would become aware of what you're speaking specifically to us in this time. So that, Father, we can walk out with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the rhema Word of God. And I thank you, Father, for the good work that you've begun in us that you are faithful to complete because you're at work in us to will and to do your good pleasure as we partner with you. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going over to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Uh, we're we're going to look at what... In the first chapter, as Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, Ephesus was a real worldly place. It was a real place of struggle for Christians. There were so many things that were trying to influence them and pull them away from their devotion to God. And, and so Paul realized that, and he, he, he addressed them and said, Since I've heard of your love for Christ, I haven't ceased praying for you. And this is what he prays. He's asking God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so you'll know him better. The first thing he asked for is, is for us to know him better, but that our spirit would be so impacted by his spirit that we would be very, very aware and in tune with, with God. I pray also that you would have a great understanding uh, in your heart so that you would know the hope to which he has called us. And that you would know how rich and glorious are his blessings. This is amazing. God has, 
has a hope that he has called us to. We have a calling that is hope-filled. We've, we've talked about hope over the last few weeks. Um, well, last few weeks we've been dealing with this series, but before that it was all about hope, a hope-filled life. And if you weren't here and didn't get that, I would encourage you to go back and get it. But hope isn't a questionable uh, something that we question when, when we say in the world, I hope, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. We aren't sure. But the one thing we can always be sure of is God. And so when we talk about hope, biblical hope, it's a confident expectation of good or of what God is going to do. Because the plan God has for us, Jeremiah 29, 11, says it's for good and not for evil with a future and a hope. That's the plan God has for every human being, but not every human being will experience that because we're not all turning to and trusting in God and God will never force his way or himself or his will on us, but his will is absolutely the best. That's why Jesus came. He came to give us life and life more abundant. It's the only way we can receive that is through our faith and trust in Christ as Lord. But uh, uh, we're going to break this down. Uh, we're going to begin to uh, open this up and see deeper into this because the Bible tells us not to just read the Bible. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. I hate when I'm ashamed. And I don't want you to be ashamed or, or embarrassed about not knowing what God says and letting the enemy take advantage of, of us, because that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to steal, excuse me, steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. That's what God wants for you, but we've got to do it God's way. It's the only way for life and life more abundant. So we're going to go back to verse 17 in the Phillips translation and, uh, and see what it says there. This is what it says. The, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ... And the glorious Father will give you a spirit of wisdom and insight to know Him, to know more of Him. There's nothing better, there's nothing greater, there's nothing more glorious than knowing God. When we know God, we'll never be afraid again. We'll, we'll realize that he can be trusted, he can be counted on, he's not going to turn away, he's not going to be absent-minded. Uh, but this is telling us that the Father would give you spiritual wisdom and insight. Now, a lot of times we want spiritual wisdom and insight, and it's for our gain and uh, the promises of God, and, and those are all fine, they're good, they're, they're given for us. But the greatest thing you can know is the one who gave the promise. Because if you know the promise with not knowing the promiser, you may doubt the promise somewhere down the line. But if you know the promiser, if you know the one who, who promised you that and how faithful he is, how loving he is, how generous he is, how patient he is, how gracious he is, how kind he is, then no matter what comes, we, we will not falter in our confidence in God. That's that confident, confident expectation. That's that hope. And, and going on, uh, you know, we, we see right here that um, the reason why we need to know him 
you know, people talk about trying to find themselves, and they travel all over the world, they do all sorts of things, uh, only to find out that it was fruitless. And the reason why is, the only one we can look at to find out who we're supposed to be like is God. The Bible says that we were made in the image of God. And the Spirit of God working in us grows us up to embody and to express the character of Christ in the midst of all sorts of situations. So we need to know Him so that we can know us because we've been looking at the fact that we don't see things truly or clearly, um, accurately. Uh, truthfully. And that's what happened with David. Uh, David was overlooked by his father, by his brothers, and even by the prophets sent to anoint the next king until God said, no, 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 no. Don't look on the outward. That's, that's the one to anoint, David. But nobody saw the king in the kid. And, and we also looked at how Israel was deceived by the Gibeonites and presented a false presentation of uh, coming from a long distance, and, and God had already warned Israel not to um, cut covenant with anybody that was near them, and they were just down the road. But they put on old clothes, they put dust all over themselves, they got moldy bread, and, uh, and they convinced Israel because they didn't inquire of the Lord. Folks, we have the internet that we inquire of all the time, but I want you to know, God is faster God is more knowledgeable. God is never going to give you wrong information. But the Bible says we've got to seek him diligently. We need to seek him with our whole heart. This isn't a casual thing. If we really want it, we want God's guidance, then we're going to go after God. And, and he knows that. See, he knows everything about us. He's going to see through me if I'm just trying to get the goods and, and not align myself with God. But uh, we need to know him. And so that's the first thing that the Apostle Paul prays. The second thing in, in verse 18, it says this, that you may receive that inner illumination of the Spirit. Now, see how the Spirit has a small s? It's, it's about your spirit, my spirit. We, we are a three-part being. We are a body, we, have, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. But it's our spirit that he wants to bring light to, illumination to, revelation to. And it says, which will make you realize how great is the hope to which he is calling you. Now, I know some of us hesitate when we hear that. Oh, I'm not called, you know, uh, Pastor Gabe, uh, other people, the elders are called, Miss Lynn is called, uh, but I, I, I'm just a regular Joe or a regular Jill. I want you to know there's nobody regular. God has never made another person like you because he wanted one of you. And he counts you as a treasure. And so we need to realize what he's called us to. He didn't create us arbitrarily, just kind of, oh, hey, look at that. No, he planned before you were ever born, and we're going to see this today. Before you were ever born, God had known you and he had a plan for you. And that plan is great. It's, it's a confident expectation of good that God is calling you to. He made you a specific way.
specific gifts and talents and abilities, and, and he's got a plan for your life that's for good with a future and a hope, but it's also something that no one else can do like you can do. And so that's where we get hung up. We compare ourselves, and God's Word warns us that it's, it's not good to compare yourself with anyone else because there's no one else like you, and God made you because He wanted you. And He needs you. He needs you to be what He has for you to be and do what He has for you to do. But uh, the Apostle Paul, later on in, in this chapter, in chapter 4, he tells us that uh, he's actually begging the Ephesians at this point to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Now, that wasn't just for the Ephesians. I want you to know it's for every one of us. Every one of us, no matter what we've done, it doesn't change the plan God has for us. It doesn't change the love God has for us. It doesn't change the calling God has for us. Uh, the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He never takes it back. And so there's a calling for you. And it's a great calling. It's, it's a calling that... We need to have a confident expectation in him because it's his calling for us. And he created us for that calling. So he's the only one that can guide us in it. And it goes on to say, in the magnificence and the splendor of the inheritance he promised, in, promised to the Christians. The magnificence and splendor of the inheritance. You know, when you think about inheritances, it's something someone leaves to someone who's related to them usually. But if, if not related, the reason why they leave it is because they love them. They want to bless them. They want to enrich their lives. And God wants to bless you. God wants to enrich your life. But it's not, it's not an end all that the blessing would come to us, the enrichment would come to us. God, God told Abraham, I'm blessing you to make you a blessing to all other people. And, and that same calling is for you. God blesses you because he wants you to bless, be blessed. He wants you to enjoy your life. Uh, but he also wants the blessing that he entrusts to us. For us to be aware of him that it was loaned to us, but it's still his. And he may direct us to give it to someone else uh, that he wants blessed because we've been blessed by it for a while. This is what happened with me with uh, a motorcycle that I had. The day God said, I want you to give that to another person. And I, I rebuked the devil because surely God wouldn't say that to me. But I have to tell you, he did. I finally was obedient. It was really tough, but God, God was setting me up, just like he sets all of us up if we'll, we'll follow him and obey him and trust him, if, if we'll be guided. And God was setting me up to receive something that was beyond anything I could imagine, and I, I got another motorcycle that is, honestly, everything I had written down because I was told, because I sowed that seed of a motorcycle, my pastor said, you need to write down, be specific what it is that you're believing God for. And I wrote it down, and it was everything on my list, 
and more. That's what God does. He does exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. But that's where we have to trust Him. We have to track with Him. We have to rely on Him. And uh, so we have this inner illumination of our spirit that we realize the great hope of the calling that he's called us to, the magnificent splendor of the inheritance he's, he's promised to Christians. And then in verse 19 through 20, it says this, and how tremendous is the power available to us. Now, I'm talking to everyone who's put their faith in Christ. That's who this is addressing. It's not everyone, because we can't receive what God has until we receive Christ as Lord. But how tremendous is the power available to us who believe in God. That power, oh, listen, this is amazing. It's, it's, it's really mind-blowing, mic-dropping. Uh, that power is the same divine power which was demonstrated in Christ when he raised him from the dead and gave him the place of supreme honor in heaven. That power. God isn't going to just use that power for him. He wants to use it for you and me as we allow him to guide us, as we allow him to reveal, guide us with his eyes, show us beyond what we can comprehend, because sometimes he's guiding us in things that don't look so good, but they're better than we can imagine or dream, because every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And so this power, this power, divine power, that was used when he raised Christ from the dead, I don't know if you know what that power is, but I will tell you, and it's something as a Christian already in your life. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Dwells in you. That's more than all the power together that the earth has seen throughout its history or ever will see. God's power is unequaled, it is unerring, and it is unending. Just like his wisdom and guidance, it's unequal, unerring, and unending. Uh, if we need wisdom, the Bible tells us we need to go to God and ask. But we jump on the internet and we call this one and that one, and it's just what we've become used to. It's, it's our regular way of operating. But the Bible says we have a new and living way to walk in. And this walk, although we're walking together as the body of Christ, we're in step because we're walking with God. And God has something for every one of us to walk in that calling. So we see these things that God has prepared and planned. He sees clearly. He sees the power he's given to you. And he can, he can reveal that to you. He sees the plan he has for you. Uh, you don't. We look at ourselves without full disclosure. And most of the time we look at ourselves because uh, in, a, in not the best light because the enemy is trying to accuse us to ourselves and say, you know, you, uh, you don't qualify. You know that stuff you did uh, five years ago or ten years ago? Uh, God could never use you. But you know what? God used David. David was a murderer. He was an adulterer. 
And, and God used David as one of the greatest kings. But one of the things that David did when he got off track, when he went his own way, when he did his own thing, he repented. He, he turned back to God. He asked for God's forgiveness. And he told God, above all things, you can take the throne, you can take all the things I have, but don't take your spirit from me. He realized this power that, that we're looking at and we're talking about, the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the thing that causes us to receive grace, to be flooded with love. The Bible says the Spirit of God sheds abroad in our heart the love of God. It talks about the Spirit of grace. And so in, in us, these things are, are able to empower us and prepare us for anything and everything. Um, with this in mind, I just wanted to go to one more place in Scripture and, and uh, look at a person that uh, we, can, we can learn some things from, just like we learned from Gideon last week. Um, we're going to look at a prophet, one of the two most prolific prophets, um, some of the greatest prophets, are Isaiah and Jeremiah. And we're going to look at Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah was, was used by God in very difficult times that Israel was going through. And um, his life is, is an example for us. Well, the, he's in the Old Testament. Well, you know what the Bible says. The Bible says the Old Testament is there for our example. Uh, we don't live under the same covenant because we're in the New Testament, the New Covenant. But we can see the great things God did for them. And not only is going to do that for us, but greater. And so in Jeremiah chapter 5, we're going to pick it up here. Jeremiah was 18 years old. And, and God, God comes to him and he reveals himself to him and he begins to reveal because he sees Jeremiah in a way Jeremiah doesn't see himself, just like us. We see ourselves through our flaws, our failures, and, and our frailties because the enemy wants you to and wants me to keep track of that where God's not. God sees you through the blood of Christ. He sees you in in the glorious way that he has created you to be that you and I are going to grow into. And so that's why we should be growing all the time. But it says this in verse 5, and this is God speaking. Before I made you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I chose you. Special work. I chose you to be a prophet to the nations. And so right there, we see that God knew him before he was ever born, made in his mother's womb before he was born. Who, who knows us better than God? Uh, before we were ever created, God knew us. God planned for us. You're not a mistake. The Bible tells us in the Psalms that every child is a gift and a blessing from the Lord. Now, we don't all end up living that life that would uh, be, be the blessing to God and the gift of God that he wanted us to be to all those around and to him. Because we, we can be a gift to God and we can be a blessing to God as we 
walk with God, as we trust God, as we allowed ourselves to be guided by God's eye, because we don't see things truly, but God does. There's nothing hidden from God. And so uh, every child is a gift. The Bible speaks about in, in Psalm 139 how uh, every child was formed by God wonderfully, marvelously. And yet life happens and sometimes people's lives get sidetracked, they, they get sidelined, uh, they get entangled and ensnared by the traps of the enemy. And all of us can have that happen. But there's never a time, there's never a situation, there's never an incident that God can't redeem, can't rescue from loss, can't work it for good, Romans 8, 28. And so whatever you're dealing with, whatever the enemy's accusing you to and saying you're not qualified, you'll never be qualified. Understand he's a liar. The truth isn't in him. When he says you could never be qualified, no, absolutely, the opposite is true. God can qualify you. God can qualify every one of us, and so we can have a confident expectation. But it goes on to say in verse 6, uh, Then I said, but Lord, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a boy. Now, it's very interesting because we look at this, and Jeremiah is talking back to God. Now, I don't know if you ever do that. I've done that, and uh, I, I never win these arguments because God knows so much more than me. But in that moment of delusion, I think I can tell God something that he's unaware of, but there's nothing he's unaware of. I need to listen. You know, we, we as Christians, we, we talk about prayer, and uh, many times we consider prayer as something that we do. We talk to God about all these things. But one of the greatest aspects of prayer is to listen. I don't know about you, but I know that I rarely learn anything when I'm talking. Unless God uses something and gives me something to say that is way beyond me, which he does on Sundays and other times. But I'll always learn when I listen. There's always something for me to learn. And so we need to, we need to listen to God twice as much as we talk to him because we've got two ears and one mouth. Uh, I don't know who said that, but I think it's a pretty good gauge of how this ought to work. But uh, it, it, he said, but Lord God... I don't know how to speak. Now, he's looking at himself. I'm only a boy. He was 18 years old. I don't know how to speak. Now, what did God call him to? To be a prophet. What do prophets do? They speak. God created him before he was ever born, planned, gifted, and called him as a prophet to speak. And now he's saying to God, I can't do it. Now, I can tell you that I can relate to Jeremiah because uh, God has a plan for my life. And in walking out the plan that God has for my life, I, would, I wouldn't be much different than Jeremiah. I would say, I can't do that. When God made me aware that I was supposed to be speaking in front of people, I had already proved over the years conclusively to everyone and myself, but not to God, that I couldn't speak. I stuttered. I, I would get tongue-tied. I, I would feel like I was going to pass out. And so when God revealed what his calling was, I said, no, 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 you got the wrong person. Now, imagine me telling God he's wrong. That's how deceived I was. And so Jeremiah is, is deceived. He said, but I don't know how to speak. But God called him to speak. I'm only a boy. And 
in that, uh, he's, he's telling God, God, there are only so many people in such an age bracket that you can use, and I'm not one of them. I'm too young. Now look at what God says. God says to him, don't say I'm only a boy. You must go everywhere I send you and say everything I say to you. Now, do you notice what's not there? God doesn't even address the fact that, that he can't speak. God's not even going to give that a time of day. He was created to speak. That's who he is. See, there are things in you and things in me and things in all of us that we look at ourselves and disqualify ourselves. And God said, no, you know, that's what I've called you to be. That's how, what I created you to be. And, and it's not unlike the enemy to work so hard to convince us of a lie about the very thing God has said. Because he doesn't want us walking in it. Because when we walk in the things of God, the kingdom of God is revealed. The glory of God is, is released. And the power of God is, is in operation. And so no wonder the enemy wants us to look at ourselves through things that God said. That, that doesn't matter. You can say that, but it's not true. I'm not even going to address uh, about the fact that you can't speak. That's a done deal. And then he says, but don't say I'm only a boy. Because God wants you to know. And I'm, I'm talking to every one of you. Every one of us, God has a calling for. And, and I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm too old. There's no one too old for God to use if they'll allow him and believe him for it. Or I'm too young. But you know, God used kids. God used kids. And if we don't see the way God sees, which we don't, and we don't allow him to open the eyes of our understanding that we would know the hope of his calling, like it, it, the Apostle Paul prayed for, then we're going to miss. We're going to miss the blessings. We're going to miss the benefits of God. It's just like what happened with Jesus and the disciples. They were, they were, uh, there was a group of people, thousands of people that were listening to Jesus. They had come out to listen to him, and it was getting late, and uh, they were getting hungry, and the disciples said to Jesus, send them away because we don't have food enough for them to eat. And Jesus said, no, see what's out there. And you know the story. The story is that uh, the disciples went around and they found one little boy, little boy, who says little boys can't be used by God. And that little boy had brought some loaves and fishes. I mean, crackers and sardines is really what, what the Bible um, reveals it to be. And Jesus said, what'd you find? Well, Jesus, there's nothing. We don't, we don't, we don't have enough money to buy anything. Uh, there's, there's a kid here, but he's just got some crackers and, and little sardines. And Jesus said, that's it. Bring it to me. Why? Because they couldn't see truly. They couldn't see the truth that that very thing that seemed like not enough, God was going to use, but Jesus did. See, God always sees completely. And Jesus took the, the fish and the loaves and he broke them and he blessed them and he handed them out to the disciples and the disciples began to go out and feed and they fed 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. Oh, this will never work. But you know, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible to, with God, and all things are possible to those who believe. And so, um, 
we see what's, what, what the Bible says here. And, uh, and he says, don't say I'm only a boy. You must go everywhere I send you. Do you notice it's where he sends us, not where we want to go or somebody else tells us to go? There's a story about a prophet, Balaam, who was tempted to go someplace and did, and it didn't turn out well. Uh, but, and say everything I have for you to say. And then he says something amazing. He says, don't be afraid of anyone. You know, when we're, we're obedient to God, we don't have to fear anyone because if God is with us, there is no one that can stand against us. He says, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, back yes, last week, we looked at Gideon's life. And Gideon, when, when God was revealing to him as he was hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat because he was afraid of the Midianites, uh, the angel of the Lord shows up and says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Well, Gideon looked like anything but a mighty man of valor. But God saw beyond what he was doing. God always sees beyond what we do or what we've done to what he created us to be. And, and so he said to Gideon, I'm with you. When God's with us, there are things we could do that we could never do on our own. But God has planned for us to do before the foundation of the world. And he says, I'm with you. I'll protect you. This is the message from the Lord. And then dropping down to verse 19, he, he talks about a lot of different things and uh, he says in verse 19, all those who fight against you, all those people will fight against you, but they will not defeat you because I am with you. When you're walking with God, when you're allowing God to guide you with his eye and, and we're trusting in God and we're relying on God and we're tracking with God, uh, in that moment, there is nothing and no one that can stand against God and us as we follow him. And so it's really important that we don't allow ourselves to be deceived by the enemy or anyone else to believe something other than what God has said about us and the plan God has for us. And, and, and he'll reveal that, but he's not going to reveal it if we're just kind of, you know, God, I'm interested in, in what, what you've called me to and, and where you have for me to go and what you have for me to do. If you haven't already committed to being obedient before you hear. And the reason why is God will never, never cause you to sin. And if we were to hear what God has and not obey God, then we would, we would be in sin. We'd miss the path, the mark of God. And so that's why it says when we seek him with our whole heart, when we seek him diligently, and then he'll be able to help us see truly because without him, we see in part. Take time. Take time to sit with God. Take time to listen to God. Ask God. The Bible says if we ask for wisdom, he's not going to give us a hard time about it, but he'll give it to us freely and fully. But ask him to show you who you are to him. And, you know, don't get upset. Don't, don't get impatient if it doesn't happen in the time we want. God reveals these things at the appropriate time, at the right time. And he's never late. 
but he's also never early. So allow God to guide you with his eye. Allow God to help you see truly, truthfully, accurately yourself so you can rise up in the things he has for you. Others, so will not discard them or devalue them because every human being, no matter what they've done or where they are, the thing that God exchanged for them was Jesus and they're priceless. And for us to look at them or receive them any other way is not in, in the light that God has for us with the vision that God has for us, seeing truly. Um, I'm going to ask everyone to just bow your heads. I, I believe that there are, there are things God wants to do. God's word says he'll watch over his word to perform. We've shared his word today. We've heard his word today. We've received his word today. And he said he would confirm his word with signs and wonders following. Uh, healings. Salvation. Uh, freedom. Um, all these things that God, God wants to do in our lives, but we have to receive them. But we have to look to him first. And so with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I, I just want to ask if there's anyone here or anyone at home that uh, you've never really come to that place of receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, without that, Nothing's possible, but with God, He gives us this brand new life. We become a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Now I know other people will remember it, but God doesn't. Because it's under the blood of Jesus and forgiveness is offered. And there's a grace, the empowering presence of God that comes into our lives to cause us to be what he, He's called us to be and created us to be. And then do what He's planned for us to do, that plan for good with a future and a hope. If that's you, I, I, I just want to pray this morning and we can all pray together. So if we would pray together, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who came to the earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins, and was raised glorious and victorious from the dead. Lord Jesus, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I come to you today and I receive your forgiveness. Cleanse me from all my sin and unrighteousness. I thank you, Father. I stand clean before you, as clean as Adam and Eve were in the garden before they sinned. Jesus, I proclaim you our Lord of my life. From this day forward, I am yours. You are mine. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and, and you're here with us in person, uh, please uh, let somebody know, let an usher know, let somebody know that, that you prayed. Um, if you're online, go to our website, reslifeny.org, and scroll down to where the prayer requests are. Um, 
let us know that you prayed. If you want us to, and the reason why is we, we want to pray for you. We'd like to be able to pray for you by name. Uh, so if you want us to pray for you by name, God knows who you are. We don't have to, but we'd like to. Uh, give us your name. If you want to be contacted, give us some contact information. But I want to give you a no-hassle guarantee. We're not going to bug you or call you or harass you. We want, because this is what God wants, we want to be a blessing to you. Because in being a blessing to you, we're being a blessing to God also. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, for everyone else here, um, thank you for coming. For those of you online, thank you for uh, connecting. Uh, I believe we've had a great victory here today. It's taken us pivoting pretty quickly, doing something that... Well, you guys all, most of you know, I'm pretty uncomfortable with speaking just to the camera, but we've gotten through it and God's had his way as best as I would allow him. And uh, I believe that lives are changed and being changed and continuing to change for his glory. And um, next week we'll be back to normal. Uh, I still have to quarantine. Please be praying for Debbie. We're believing that she won't, uh, won't, be uh, affected by um, my positive uh, COVID. And so we're, we're doing everything we can to do the best practices with wearing masks and that kind of thing. But be praying for us and praying for all. Uh, there are a lot of people that are really struggling with this and, uh, you know, prayer, prayer works. So work the prayer. Amen. Uh, for all of you, before you go, I'm just going to dismiss you. I just want to pray over you and bless you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for every one of your children here, those online. I thank you for your love for them that never changes. The plan for them that never ends. That it's for good with a future and a hope. That you have a calling and a power available to us to be able to fulfill your will. And it's the only way without you guiding us, governing us and guarding us and empowering us. We can't do what you have for us to do, but you never expected us to try. Although we do, Father, we're looking to you to have you open our eyes that we'd see as you see. Open our ears that we would be able to hear you more clearly and more fully. Uh, because, Father, it's an amazing thing. It's almost overwhelming. We, I can't even at times take it in. But you who so fully know us, you love us completely. So, Father, I thank you for your love being poured out on your people. And that as we have your love poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, we, as your ambassadors, will pour your love out on the people out there that don't know you yet. We thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you for coming today. Thank you for being a part of this. I know it was different. It was different for me. But I believe God has his way. And we crushed the enemy uh, under our feet that uh, we didn't allow him to have any advantage of what he's tried to have an advantage of. And, and so go out this week and truly uh, expect to see God, expect to hear God, expect God to guide you with his eye. God bless you. Have a great week.